Hello and welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. My name is Julie Hogbin and I am the creator of the three weekly episodes that are produced. Wealth Wednesday, the A to Z of business on Friday and a longer content piece or interview on a Monday. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast if you think it would support and help somebody else. This episode is all around reputation linked to business, linked to you, the individual, linked to employees and how you attract or distract away from your business. And it has come about from a conversation I had this morning with a landlord whose tenant a good tenant had given them notice from a three-bed HMO they run. And what has happened over the last few months, and this started before March 2020, one of the three tenants that share this particular property has been a bit of an issue, in inverted commas, they have caused issues with the toilet, the kitchen, peeing out the windows, um, various things they have done that have not been conducive to living in a particularly nice environment. And the landlord has warned them to change their behaviour. And in reality, there's been no consequence to their behaviour within the uh, particular HMO. So they've sort of got away with it. And what's happened because of that is that one of the other two tenants, who's a good guy, Um, and basically has to put up with it, he has given up his tenancy. And that got me to thinking about how we operate within business and how poor performance, um, non-required performance, affects the whole team and and the whole business, which then got me to thinking about an organisation I joined many, many, many years ago as a retail auditor. And what happened was... I saw this advert for an auditor. I was an accountant at the time. I was bored and fed up with the nine to five routine and being stuck to the desk. And I saw this advert for an auditor. I thought, oh, that's that sounds all right. Um, Sort of free roving, out investigating and auditing retail outlets, company car, more money. Sounded really appealing to me. So I applied through the agency and the agency until the morning of the interview wouldn't tell me the company name, which at the time I thought was odd, but didn't really take much notice of it. And I discovered why afterwards. So the morning of the interview, I'm in the location that I'm told to be in. The agency rang me up and told me where I needed to be and told me the name of the company. And my heart sunk at the time because the organisation did not have a good reputation. Very old fashioned very old, very fuddy-duddy, just didn't have a good rep. And it was a UK-based and UK-wide retailer. They're still in existence. I'm not going to tell you the name, but they are a lot, 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 lot better than they were then because they went through a massive change program. But my heart sunk, but I'm there. I thought, I'll go for the interview. And my interview was at half nine in the morning. This is how indelibly stuck in my mind it is. And this is over 30 years ago now. I arrive on time, I arrive early, as you do for an interview, all prepared, all smart, you know, 
ship shape and shiny type thing. It got to 10 o'clock and I hadn't been called in for my interview. I um, got to the, ask the receptionist what was going on. Could she find out? She made a phone call and come back to me and said, um, um, he's running late, just a bit longer. Half 10, um, still not happening. So I said to the receptionist, can you find out what's going on? Sorry, he's running late, won't be too long. And at quarter to 11, I remember to this day getting up and saying, please tell whoever it is that's interviewing me. We're now an hour and a quarter late for the interview. I'm leaving. She went, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyway, she relayed that message, exactly the message I'd given her to the person that was interviewing me. And I got called in for the interview. And he hadn't been doing an interview before. He just hadn't bothered to orchestrate his diary and get me in there on time. I had the interview. I went back to the agency. So even with all of that going on, because the job was good and I wanted the job, I went back to the agency and said, um, I'd, I'll happily take the job. I'm liking it. I want to do the job. And six weeks later, we still had not heard whether I'd been successful in the application or not. It was so slow, so slow. It was painful. Anyway, long story short, at four weeks, I'd phoned the agency and said, I'm not taking the job if they offer it to me. I'm not taking it. Anyway, they finally offered me the job at something like seven weeks after the interview. And I changed my mind because I was so wanting to leave where I was. I thought, well, even if I just take it short term, it will be a different role, a different way of working, company car, more money, you know, all those nice things that you do. And I thought, and I'm not going to be in the office. I won't have to talk to anybody. I'll be out roving doing what I'm doing. Anyway, I go into the retailer. I'm out doing the auditing role. I'm roving around the stores, you know, investigating, doing what's required. And at that point, I learned that, that particular retail is something like £10 million a year in debt. Um, you know, losing money. And within five years, we turned that organisation around because they did a lot of change management, huge amounts of change management, of which I was part of the team that were involved in that. They changed it from a 10 million loss to a 5 million profit. Now, there were other arms of this particular retail that funded the retail side. Um, it's a it's a big organisation in the UK. <clears throat> And what I discovered um, going around doing the auditing, helping people, is that over the years, because of the reputation of the organisation, they had recruited people in that really weren't appropriate for the jobs they were needing to do. And as with any organisation, when this happens, the culture that had been created was that the because the poor performance of the people in the organisation wasn't being managed, wasn't being dealt with, the good people had challenged what was going on. And because the, if you like, the bosses hadn't taken notice, hadn't made any, there was no consequences to people's behaviours and actions. The good people had left, which left um, an organisation that did have good people in it, but not they weren't the they weren't the biggest percentage. A lot of people didn't know how to do their job, and for a lot of people that was not their problem because they weren't getting the training. They weren't being managed well. They weren't being led well. They didn't actually. A lot of them didn't know what was required, and then when they did know what was required, they weren't being supported by the management teams. So over a period of five years, and it was a massive, massive job. 
the organisation changed. Now, what also happened within that organisation is some of the chiefs, some of the big bosses, some of the big leaders left as well because they weren't happy with the changes because it was it was big. It was a big change. They weren't happy with the changes because they weren't actually, some of them, able or capable to do the thing that was was required to shift this organisation into a profit-making entity. And the reputation of that organisation externally in the market was not good. It didn't have a, a good profile. People wouldn't shop there. <clears throat> and over the five years, it changed what it did. It changed how it did what it did. It changed its marketing. It changed its staff teams. It's still tough. It's retail. It's still tough. Part of that process was going from into 24-hour, seven-day-a-week trading. So there was a lot of things changed through that process. But ultimately, what the organisation did was provide consequences to the individuals that were underperforming. Now, those consequences were straight through employment law, as you need to, especially within the UK. Nothing was done that shouldn't have been done. Um, everything was done well. Everything was done with good heart, with good intent to bring the people that were underperforming up to an acceptable level of performance. And I've talked about this on, a, on a, another episode. So everybody who could be taken up to the level of acceptable performance was. Some of those in senior positions chose to leave because they could see the writing on the wall. Some of them didn't. But they were performance managed and they were given every single opportunity to get to where they needed to be to improve the reputation of the organisation and the business. Now, when you're working for an organisation or you're working for somebody that you can't actually say you're proud to tell people who you work for, which initially I didn't, um, I couldn't tell people a mental thing, a me thing. I couldn't tell people who I actually worked for. I didn't want them to know because the reputation was that bad or that poor. And it wasn't until two or three years in that I suddenly thought, you know what? I am actually now proud that I work for this organisation. And that organisation also gave me my first break into learning and development and running their, magic, their um, graduate management training scheme, which I run for a number of years when I got into the learning development division. And I actually stayed working for them for 13 years, no, 12 years, probably the longest employment I've ever had. But I, in that time, I had three different positions. And the last one being in the learning development department, learned, starting my first, if you like, process of learning around leadership and management, um, structured wise rather than intuitively, which is what I had been doing up until then. And I thought this would be a, a good subject to put onto the Conscious Leadership podcast. If we consciously lead and we consciously manage, we'll consciously get the results that we we want. If we don't consciously lead and we don't consciously manage, the results are just going to sort of happen and they'll end up being what they are. So conscious leadership, when you really think about it, is creating and owning the reputation that you want for you, for your organisation, for your team, it's said that 95% of people leave a manager rather than an organisation. 
So let me ask you, think about what your staff turnover is, whatever position you're in, whether it's your team, whether it's the organisation. Think about if you have a vacancy within your team, do you fill it easily? Do you find it easy to fill or do you have a bit of a problem? If you've got an organisation and you've got vacancies, do you fill them easily with the quality of person that's required to take your business to the next level or do you struggle? Because a lot of that will be around the reputation and your reputation, your business's reputation as is as good as the people talk about you either in your firm or outside of your organisation, whether you're private, public or um, entrepreneurial. If you're good, you will get people to work with you. They'll clamour to work with you. Whereas if you're not so good, they may not do that. And I got that this morning from a conversation about somebody resigning from a property. I say resign, I, I treat my tenants as I recruit them. I use my recruitment practices from you know, being in business to put tenants into a house. So I'm, I build a team within a house. They don't have to you know, like each other as such, but respect each other and get on. So leadership in business team building in business, building reputation in business, cuts across any business and any entity with any business. So just my ramblings today about reputation, business, consequences of behaviour, poor behaviour, that put one person, you know, the, the, the bad apple spoiling the whole barrel type concept cuts across everything. Again, once again, if you have any questions on any of this, team building, leadership, management, uh, whether that links to your property business or to your business business, whatever that business may be, these messages that I deliver cut across everything we do. So again, if you want to ask any questions, please do. You can find me on all the normal platforms. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Conscious Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me on any one of the social media channels. I'm on most of them, including Clubhouse and YouTube, and my books are on Amazon. If you would like a topic discussed, please tell me. And if you have found this information useful, please share and please leave a review.